Hey, I just want to say thank you for checking out this message today. I hope that it helps you, that it encourages you, and that you are able to learn a little bit more about who God is and why so many people throughout history have chosen to become followers of Jesus. If you enjoy this message and you want to hear more, you can find us on Facebook or YouTube, but ultimately you can find everything you need to know at clcwinnipeg.ca. There you can find more messages, you can find our social handles, ways to get connected to our church, and if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do that as well. And like I said before, I hope that you are encouraged by the message you're about to hear. God bless you. George Washington, Denzel Washington, Bach, Mr. Rogers, Steve Harvey, Snoop Dogg, Justin Bieber, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Some of these uh, people are famous today and some uh, lived years ago. But they all have one thing in common. And the one thing that they have in common is that they were followers of Jesus. And we're going to launch today a new, uh, a new series called Jesus Is. And today we're going to be looking at um, the influence that Jesus has had, uh, historically speaking, and um, consider uh, some of the, the claims for the validity of Jesus Christ. And there's an important question that, that Jesus asked his, his disciples. He said this, he said, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And let me ask you that question. Who do you say that Jesus is? There are people that uh, lived in Jesus' time who were convinced that he was a lunatic, a lunatic and a madman because he claimed to, um, to be the son of God. They would, they would put that right in the same category as, as blasphemy. And then we would have others that uh, would say, well, he was a good teacher, or he was a moral teacher, or he was a rabbi. And some would say, he's my best friend. He's my savior. He's my deliverer. And so the opinions of Jesus are wide and they're varied. And, and lots of people would answer that question, who is Jesus, in a lot of different ways. Now, I think it's an important question. And who Jesus is to you, I think is important as well. Uh, so let's look at, at who Jesus is. Let's look first of all at Jesus in history. Jesus is probably one of the most, if not the most, significant historical figures uh, from, from the past. He didn't have um, an army. He didn't ha have political power. He didn't have financial power. He wasn't, you know, running uh, what might have been the financial system of the day. He didn't have any of that kind of power. And he actually said in Matthew chapter 8, verse 20, he said, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And so we could easily speculate for for at least a, a window of time, a period of time in Jesus' ministry, he, he may indeed have been homeless and didn't have a permanent residence to call home. And yet here's uh, someone who, who has shaped history, who has molded history, who has influenced history, who we're still talking about and debating about 
2,000 years after he, he died and, and rose again. He, he has a way of cutting across the grain of um, everything that's powerful and everything that is important and everything that is influential in our own minds. And his life and ministry just kind of stands out on its own, on its own merit. When, when he died, he had a handful of followers and he didn't, he didn't do things to try and preserve his legacy per se, not like, like other great men of his day, like Alexander the Great, who uh, in, in his region named all kinds of cities Alexandria or, or Caesar, who named uh, Caesarea after himself, or famous people who have um, people named after them, like Herod, uh, who had Herodias, uh, or she was named after him as well. Jesus didn't do any of that. And a lot of these people, um, you know, when they died, they were popular. They were powerful. They were influential. And Jesus didn't do any of that. And we're still talking about him 2,000 years later. He didn't do any of naming cities after himself and trying to establish an earthly legacy the way that great rulers did. He was recognized even by secular historians. I think of, um, of one in particular, Josephus, who was a first century historian. And he wrote about Jesus. So there's writings about Jesus and reference to Jesus beyond the Holy Scriptures. And one of the refer a couple of references he made is, is he said, the brother of Jesus who was called Christ, whose name was James, he acknowledges uh, Jesus. And then there's another reference that Josephus makes, and he spoke of Jesus as a Messiah and a wise teacher who was killed by, by Pilate. Killed by Pilate, which brings me to the second point, and that is that you can't kill Jesus. Famous people die all the time, and they're soon forgotten. Yeah, they, they may uh, have their names you know, written in, in history books and that, but they're, they're soon forgotten. And people move on. Uh, it, it's very true that you know, if, if you run an organization, you, you might be at the top of your game in your career. You might be the boss of bosses. You may be a CEO or a president or whatever, you can have all kinds of power and position. But when you move off the scene, people move on. Uh, people would maybe say that you're indispensable until the day that you give your, your resignation. And then they're like, well, who's next? Uh, let's, let's look for somebody else. Cause you know, uh, Joe or Fred or Donna, you know, they're leaving. So who's next? We, we deal with that reality in life. People move on. And when famous people uh, pass away or move on, society and culture moves on. And I think of, again, Alexander the Great, uh, Caesar Augustus, Socrates. Uh, all of these people had fame 
and they had greatness and they had a big name but you know there's not churches and temples established in their names there's not um sermons being written about them uh there's not a, a worldwide movement today of followers of caesar it just doesn't happen and yet in in the middle of all the controversy that we see in this world, we see Jesus. We see Jesus. And people have tried to stamp him out. They burnt Bibles. They have illegalized worship in various countries throughout the world. And they have never been able to kill Jesus. They've never been able to get rid of him. You can't do it. And even when he was crucified, died on the cross. They found out they couldn't kill Jesus because three days later he, he rose from the dead and he left the tomb. And so Jesus lived this life where he really ran up against the, the political establishment. Uh, Rome crushed him. He really ticked off the religious establishment. I mean, they wanted to get rid of him because... You know, he was exposing them for their, their hypocrisy and he was exposing them for their, their phoniness and, and the rules and the laws that they had put in place to try and control people. Yeah, religion's not always a great thing. And being a follower of Jesus may actually, in fact, uh, cause you to butt heads uh, with religious establishments. Think about that. Well, um, his ministry is short-lived. Uh, it's only three years long. And some historians say that, that he was really, of his three-year-long ministry, he was really only fairly well-known for about a year of that. I mean, think about that. I mean, today we, we'd call that a flash in the pan. Um, a year, two years, three years, that's not a very long time. And... The problem was, was for people was, was that Jesus was, was born in obscurity. He lived humbly. He died shamefully. But there is this pesky little problem called the resurrection. And that kind of was the big game changer. You see, Jesus' fame spread through the world and the world was turned upside down after he died. And today, there are millions and millions of followers of Jesus all over the world. In every country, in every continent, in every culture, in every society. There are followers of Jesus all over the globe. And we've seen people who, who have, you know, in recent years, who have... Uh, publicly given their lives as martyrs. They, they've laid their lives down for Jesus. They would not renounce him. So there's, there's something about Jesus that, that if people are willing to die for him, obviously he's, he's got to be real. There's something to Jesus. You can't kill Jesus. And he's had a greater impact and a lasting impact since his death than even when he lived. You can't kill Jesus. And it kind of brings me to the next, uh, next point I want to make here. And that, that's the influence that Jesus has. Jesus influenced governments and cultures and society 
here's this, this guy traveling from, from place to place, village to village, city to city, preaching the kingdom of God. And he caught the attention of the most powerful people in, ruling, in the ruling class in his day. He caught their attention. And we can't take his influence for granted. If you, if you want to, to gauge the impact of, of Jesus' life, one of the ways to gauge that impact is to say, okay, this is what it's like to live in a society that Jesus has influenced. You know, where, where people live by um, the golden rule, uh, you know, do unto others as you'd have them do to yourself. Forgive each other. Love one another. Those are, those are principles that Jesus taught. And when you take those kind of principles out of a society and that culture hasn't been impacted by those teachings, you're going to have a very different world. You're going to have a world where, where people may be very violent and, and cruel to one another. They may not be loving. They may not be forgiving. And, and certainly, that's where our culture is going more and more today. As, as we remove, um, as we try to remove Jesus from culture, as we try to remove Jesus from, from uh, the world that we live in, we see people really living uh, for themselves. And it becomes a very different world and a very tough world to live in. If you want to gauge the impact of Jesus' life, look at, at the things that Jesus valued. What, and, and, and how the things he valued has impacted our society and culture today. Jesus valued children. Now, he lived in a time when, when children were not particularly valued. And a lot of times, children were not given a name until they were eight days old. If a child was, was born and they were, you know, the wrong sex or not the preferred gender, they might be left to die or just left for somebody else, rejected. If a child had some kind of a, a, a physical uh, challenge or issue, again, they may be left to die. People wouldn't want them. And Jesus valued children. It was Jesus who said, let the little children come to me. And, and it, was, it was followers of Jesus who remembered the words that he spoke. Let the little children come to me. And you see many Christian organizations throughout the world running orphans, orphanages. In, in places where orphans may be left to, to live on the streets, to fend for themselves. And, 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 and it's terrible to say, but I've, I've heard of, of certain cultures and, and cities where the police will just go out and, and shoot orphans because they're a nuisance and just get rid of them and, and it's okay it's it's the way they it's the way they live it's the way they function it's okay in that culture it's certainly not okay with Jesus and it's certainly not okay with people who have said I'm gonna devote my life to saving kids and making a future for them Jesus valued children 
And his value of children, what he said about children, has impacted our world and impacted the lives of millions and millions of children down through the ages. Well, here's another one. Jesus valued women. Again, Jesus lived in in a world where a woman may be treated more as property than a valued equal partner in a relationship. And at best, they, they might be a second-class citizen. And a, a, a mother and a wife in some of those cultures may have less value than a son has in the family structure. And you look at Jesus and how he interacted with women. It was Jesus who forgave a prostitute and elevated her to a place of recognition and and value and service and honor and respect and dignity. He restored her dignity. Think of another story in John chapter 8 where a woman had been caught in adultery and they dragged her out into into the street, into the, the courtyard, the marketplace, wherever. And they were going to stone her to death. They weren't going to stone the guy she was committing adultery with to death, but they were going to stone her to death. And Jesus was there, and they had done this to test her. And he basically says, he who has no sin or is without sin, throw the first stone. And it says, you know, from the oldest to the youngest, the crowd dissipated. It walked, they walked away. And he, he looked at this woman and he said, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she looked around and she said, no one, sir. And he said, then neither do I. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. See, Jesus put value on women. In a culture, in a society, he went against the grain. In a culture and society, he put value on women. And he, he elevated women. And the value that he placed on them, I think many women are thankfully able to, to enjoy that value today in, in our own cultures. And Jesus valued people as well. That's, that's another thought here. He, he valued people as well. He, he, he came into an area called uh, Gerasenes. And um, there were, in particular, there was one man who was a demonic. And uh, people just left him alone. They, they were kind of afraid of him. They, were, uh, they, they didn't trust him. They didn't want to have anything to do with him. He was so messed up that he was just an outcast. Just kind of lived in in the caves and among the rocks. Jesus looked at him and had compassion and he cast the demons out of him. He set him free. And it said that, that they found him seated and in his right mind. Jesus restored him. He looked at this person that everybody else had turned away from. Set him free. Jesus valued people and he values each of us. Jesus valued relationships. Listen to what he says in in Luke chapter 6, verse 27 to 33. He says, But to you who are listening, I say, Love your neighbors and do good to those who hate you. 
Bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. And if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. And if someone takes your coat, don't withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, don't demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. And if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And you see, Jesus valued relationships. He condoned and he promoted civility in cultures and among people. This was radical new teaching that Jesus was, was, was giving here. His teaching on, on forgiveness and compassion and going the extra mile was, was new. It was radical. It was life-changing. And whole societies and cultures have, have built themselves on these kinds of principles and made a pretty decent world to live in. And it's when we set these kinds of teachings aside that a society or a culture or a people group, they, they kind of go off the rails. And it, it becomes a little bit of everybody becomes a law to themselves and it's every man or woman for themselves and everybody's trying to best the other person. And we're living in a day today where kindness has gone out the window and where gentleness has gone out the window. And that is extremely counter to the teachings of Jesus. Jesus valued relationships and he valued the relationships that, that you find yourselves in. And Jesus also, um, Jesus also confronted racism. He was confronted with racism. Uh, you know, it was asked of him, you know, what good can come out of Nazareth, uh, where he came from? That was how he was looked upon. That was how his people were looked upon. They were looked down on. And so Jesus encountered this kind of a prejudice. And so I want to tell you a story of, of a situation where a lot of Jews in the day, uh, there was this place called Samaria. And in order to avoid encountering uh, Samaritans, they would walk around Samaria. They, they would just take a detour around. They did not want to have anything to do with them. There was total prejudice and total segregation. They wanted nothing to do with them. Jesus walked into Samaria. And it says about him, the disciples, in John chapter 4, 27, it says that the disciples were surprised. Now, they didn't challenge him on it, but they were surprised. Because Jesus, again, was going against the grain and he was going against the norms of culture. And he confronted racism head on. In fact, not only did he walk into Samaria, but he encountered a woman at the well. And it was to that woman that he revealed his messiahship. Not to a king, not to a high priest, to a Samaritan woman who in that day and in that culture, uh, many would say was not worthy to spend any time with, talk to, or even be around. And Jesus sat down with her and had a conversation about her life and who she was, where she'd been, and revealed himself to her as the Messiah. He had no time for racism. 
He had no time for hatred. He had no time for prejudice. He just loved people. And I think that's a pretty fantastic example for all of us to follow, to love each other. And so then it, it comes down to our, our personal influence, the personal influence of Jesus on you and me. Being a follower of Jesus can, can change your life. And I, I told this story a long time ago. But this, uh, this truck driver was asked, um, he, he had come to know Christ as his savior. And, and somebody said, how has it impacted or changed your life? And he thought about it for a minute. And he said, well, hmm. Well, here's something. Um, if somebody is following too closely behind me, I don't move my rig over to the shoulder to spray gravel on them anymore. He, he became more patient. He became kinder. And he attributed that little change in his life to knowing Jesus and learning to love other people, even, even other drivers that were annoying. Now, that's just a, a small example, but being a follower of Jesus can change our lives. Being a follower of Jesus should change how we view other people, and we should value them and love them. And being a follower of Jesus can influence cities, it can influence people groups, it can influence cultures, and it's going to. It's going to continue as he has done so for the last 2,000 years. And so let me invite you to be a follower of Jesus. Look in your Bibles at John chapter 3, verse 16. God so loved the world, gave his only begotten Son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's pretty simple. I want to thank you for, for joining us today on our uh, online service on YouTube and Facebook. Tell your friends about, about this. We'll be back every, uh, every week, God willing, on Sundays at 11 o'clock Central Standard Time. And uh, we're always happy to, to, to see more and more people joining and, and watching with us. And if you uh, want to check us out more, if you want to communicate with us, uh, if you want to make a donation, help us in our life and ministry around this world, uh, go to clcwinnipeg.ca and everything's right there at your, uh, at your fingertips. God bless you and thanks for joining. Next week we're going to have uh, Pastor Scott continuing the series on Jesus Is.